So the tail end of the previous episode kind of devolved into a, a real mess, kind of went all over the place, and I feel like I kind of lost the thread of um, what I what I meant to talk about, which was just um, some of the early, early ideas I have for creating abstractions and and what the tools for that would look like and feel like to work with, and it kind of went all over the place. So today, I'm just going to talk about a single idea. We're going we're gonna to look at one idea that I've had, and we'll explore a bunch of ramifications of that idea, but I'm going to do my best to tie everything back to this one thought. And that idea is something that I'm calling maybe focus mode or maybe following or something like that. I don't really have a good name for it. Like most of the ideas in Hast, it comes from video games, and it's something that I arrived at almost... I, I, I can't remember if it was this idea that led to me wanting to have points traveling along edges, or if it was looking at points traveling along edges that made me want to have this idea. But the idea is, when you have a point and it is being conveyed along an edge, you should be able to select that point and tell Hest to follow that point, and Hest will sort of, you know, align the camera to that point so that as the point flows through your system, the camera follows it wherever it goes. And if it goes into a, into a function with some other data, and uh, the the function combines the the two incoming pieces of data and produces a new different piece of data as a result, you should continue following that new piece of data. And if you arrive at a function that takes your piece of data that you're following as it's flowing, your camera is moving and sort of tracking where it goes, and it arrives at a function and that function splits the data into multiple outputs, Hest should very gracefully pause and give you a way to very, very quickly and precisely say which piece of outgoing data you would like to continue following or maybe perhaps even multiple pieces you know where uh, you say i want to follow these two pieces and the camera kind of always zooms in or out just enough so that you can sort of see both of them on screen at the same time and that might that might work that might not work um, but it's certainly possible and so this idea of following the data with the camera Treating the data almost as though it is the player character in a video game like Zelda, one of the old Zelda style games where you have a, a top down perspective on your character or like, you know, any RPG and the camera kind of tracks the position of your character either exactly or approximately because there are some 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 nice things about not exactly tying the position of the camera to the position of the character, having a little bit of flex in there where the camera starts to move only when the character gets towards one edge of the view. That's sort of a, a way of following the movement of your character. It's a really nice way to have a sort of a continuous experience. It, it, and, and the word continuous means quite a few things already. It, there's the idea of continuous time, that's very popular when talking about functional reactive programming from Conal Elliott, where you have this idea of, um, of writing your animation code so that it is always working with basically continuous values where you don't eagerly 
align things to a frame rate, which sort of defeats your ability to do nice transformations to your animation after the fact. So as soon as you commit yourself to working with a frame rate, you lose the ability to you know, run at a different frame rate or to do slow motion or to make adjustments. So it, it's sort of this idea of, of working with continuous numbers wherever possible continuous time and also continuous space preferring things like vector graphics instead of bitmap graphics where possible because then you get scalability um and so that's that's one idea of continuousness that comes up a lot but the thing in hest that i am more more interested in and the thing that i have meant so far on this podcast when I've used the word continuous is more about continuity and it's about having a programming experience where you are always immersed in the behavior of your code where there's not a separation and I've, I've talked about this to death but I still don't feel like I've quite nailed it there's not a separation between one conceptual space where you are writing your code so traditionally your ide or your text editor or something like that uh, and a separate conceptual world where your code executes so that might be uh, you know some process in a terminal or it might be some gui application that is running over there and you have your your code over here and you have your execution over there and i've also referenced quite a few times repls and especially the the very nice kind of repls that you get from a lisp where you are able to move live data into your editor and move code that you write over to the running execution environment and evaluate that code over there and that sort of gives you a little bit more continuity than you get from a from a compiled language where you write your code and then it turns into some kind of executable form and then you run the executable and perhaps do some some debugging interactively but the actual act of writing the code is in a separate world from the execution in hest the fact that the code and the execution and the data are all in the same space and are all together and you are never authoring code without at least the option to be running that code in the same space that you were authoring it and you are never writing code and there i am again using language metaphors but i'm just going to roll with that you're never writing code without actually seeing concrete data that that code is operating on so you're never dropping in a new function without also having some data handy to run through that function right away and you're never writing a function without being able to see what the output of that function is as you are writing it and it, and it's all happening in the same space it's all hitting your eyeballs at the same time it's all in the same window on your screen and you are working with that code representation and the data from your live execution using the same tools so that the point of doing that is to have continuity it's to have immersion it's to have intimacy and that's a kind of a, a kind of a hand wavy way of describing the programming experience but it's something that I haven't seen anybody, I haven't seen that be possible 
in any conventional text-based programming system. But I do see that, and I have actually done programming in this way in video games. I, you know, that's a, that's a regular topic here. And that's sort of why when looking at what features to add to Hest and when thinking about what the programming model should be or what the art tools should afford, when making those kind of design decisions, I'm almost always going over to the well of video games because a lot of these ideas have already been born out there. And, you know, that extends to the idea that this this episode that I'm recording as we speak is uh, meant to be circling around that idea of selecting a, a data point that is flowing along an edge and having the camera follow that data point and giving you the ability to um, to follow it wherever it goes. And, and then, of course, when combined with time travel, to rewind time backwards and see where that point came from. That idea, what's good about it is that it gives you a way of following data without ever, without for even a, a, a single moment, losing context. And that's something that a step debugger doesn't give you. A step debugger or even a nice time travel debugger, or an omniscient debugger, any any fancy debugging tool from a text-based language has to kind of bridge the divide between the separate worlds of the text code and the execution environment. And it does try to bring them together, but it can never do it in a way that offers true continuity, where you're able to point your eyes at something on the screen and see that thing changing and evolving without ever needing to move your eyes away from that thing and without that thing ever changing in a way where you don't have a strong sense of connection between what it was before and what it is now in a, in a very sort of visual, tactile way. And I think that that is the sort of thing that will open up new ways of working with systems. And I can say that confidently because, like I said, in video games, these ideas have been borne out. And in those games, they give you very viscerally interesting experiences. And I think that those experiences would translate directly over to programming. So as a motivating example, one of the things that I think this feature of following a point as it flows along its, its life path, uh, one of the things that I think that would help with is when you first open up a, a new code base for the first time. So you, you, you know, you're, you're hired on to a, a new company and they, they sit you down at a computer and they get you into their source control and they say, you're going to start working on this giant code base that we've been working on. And, you know, you see this, this, this system that has been constructed for the very first time. And if, if this were implemented in a traditional text-based language, hopefully the code is written in such a way that there is a natural entry point to the code and you can begin reading at that entry point and you are able to, through reading it, understand the flow of execution and understand you know when this function on the first line is invoked the uh, instruction pointer if you want to imagine it that way or whatever you know however you want to imagine the execution model working in this hypothetical example uh, but i'm just going to say instruction pointer 
uh, the instruction pointer jumps over to this other part of the code base. And so you go over to that spot and you resume reading and you can kind of map out the flow of execution in your head. And maybe somebody can guide you through that, or maybe you can test that with a little bit of uh, execution and debugging, um, depending on what the environment affords. But you are kind of reconstructing a crime scene when you're opening a new code base for the first time. And you are at the mercy of whoever built it, having good discipline about building a system that has a very linearizable execution path. And as soon as you introduce things like, you know, parallelism or asynchrony or concurrency, or as soon as you introduce something like a framework that takes control of your code so that your code is no longer in charge of what runs when, but instead the framework will call into your code when it needs your code to run. And you don't necessarily know which pieces of your code are going to execute in which order. And of course, in a language with immutability and with you know nice, nice control over over data and good tools for avoiding global state and that sort of thing, this might be more or less tractable. But, but as soon as you are in one of those environments, you know, a framework or badly written, badly designed systems, you will have trouble coming on board to this new code base and really understanding how it behaves in all circumstances. And I want the experience for Hest to be that you you come onto a new code base that you've never seen before. And because of the fact that it is kind of a data flow E language, the way Hest works in that there's data and it flows through um, explicitly visual paths. And like I've talked about previously, when I was talking about virtual edges and that sort of thing, there's never a point where data magically disappears from one spot and reappears somewhere else and you have to know to go and look where it would reappear um, in theory you should be able to start your exploration of a new hest code base by just looking at the the one or the handful of places where data is generated or is brought in from something. So maybe that would be a clock source if you are doing things that are driven by the passage of time. So like an animation or a game or something like that where the advancement of time drives the advancement of your simulation. Or it might be some sort of inlet port that would receive arguments from a command line invocation, or it might be some sort of a you know, uh, a a place to receive data from a file or from a socket or, you know, what have you, some inlet where the, the operating system or the environment around your code is handing over control to your code. That's, that's going to be a very explicit thing in Hest. You're going to be able to point at it and put your finger on it. And you're also going to be able to ask the Hest environment to show you all of those kind of things. But we will get into that maybe in the next episode of the episode after when I talk about find and replace. You'll be able to know exactly where execution begins without doubt and without uh, having to hunt for it. And then from those points where execution begins, where, where, where data is freshly entered into the Hest system, into your code, 
you should be able to select any piece of data that is coming in and follow it all the way through to its full conclusion. So whether that's all the way to some output where it's writing a file out or all the way to some object in the graphical canvas that is part of the user interface or part of the the game domain or whatever it is that the end user running the code is going to see when they run your HEST system. Wherever the data ends up, you should be able to follow it all the way through to the end. And you should be able to do that with perfect continuity the whole time at every time scale. So if you want to, you should be able to run the system extremely slowly where the data is, you know, you can put your finger on it and you can tell Hest to track that data with the camera and you never have to lift your finger off the screen and the data point will always be directly under your finger all the way from birth to death. And every function that it goes through and every transformation that it makes, you'll be able to see that coming from a mile away, see the you know the change happen as it happens and then see the result of that change come out again. And that kind of continuity, I think, will be just transformative because it will take you from this conceptually discrete world where you are not just playing compiler in your head, but having to kind of stitch together all of these little tiny patches of activity and try to arrange them into this mental quilt of understanding. And you're replacing that with basically one thread that continuously spans through the timeline of execution and that thread will will give you something to hold on to and it will give you something to hang your understanding of the system from and i just you know going by gut really i think that that will be an amazing way to learn the behavior of a new system and to learn what it does and how it works and of course you know thinking a little further along there's no reason you wouldn't be able to annotate that experience so it could be something as simple as dropping a bunch of little comment like notes along your code base along the different paths that your code that your data will take through the code saying you know the reason for this being this way is such and such and hey we're going to head over here but that's only important if you care about this one you know edge case or something like that like like comments absolutely should be a thing but there's probably richer things that you can also do in terms of annotating the graphical code that hest allows you to create 